DJ, drop a beat. Not another podcast. 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 Those people are the freaks, man. They're hookers, so it's fine. James. Meth is a hell of a drug. Okay, bitch, it's on. Price. You know what really grinds my gears? I bet they're Brazilianaires. Samantha. Get out now or sting, get weaved. When we're really <laughs> desperate, we put our hands underneath his balls. Big Jim. I know my way around a joke. Been shaving your own pubic hair for years? No, I've just been collecting it. I'm not weird. Danny. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing. Had an expansive bookmark collection. What the hell is wrong with you people? Not another podcast. So I have a question for the group. And Travis, you kind of know it because we were talking about it Sunday, maybe? Okay. Um, (laughs) But I have... I like the confidence. (laughs) (laughs) I have these neighbors. Uh Uh-oh. And... <laughs> I don't think legally I should take Samantha's advice. Um, <laughs> uh, they um, they have probably the most abusive relationship I've ever heard of. Um, and there is loads of screaming, and lately it's gotten way worse. And I'm I'm not certain, but I think things have been thrown. So I'm wondering, where is my responsibility? Where Where is it to the point that, like, when should I get involved, i.e. call the cops? Kind of subscribe <sighs> to the, um, like, the uh, bow, the fifth column. If you have the means to do so, it's your responsibility to act. So you have the means to call the police. You know what's going on. Or you suspect you know what's going on. Call them. Yeah, you can do it anonymously, too. So. Oh, yeah, I know. But. I'm just because this has been going on since they moved in three years ago. Yeah. Um, um, but it just seems yeah, like especially if it it's sounds like a lot it's worse. escalated. So, and, and it's really funny because you would think that it's like the guy who does all the stuff, but it's actually the girl. She is the more, aggressive, seems to be the more the aggressive of the two. Aggressor. I've, I've never heard him yell or raise his voice or anything. It's always her. And I think it was Saturday, Travis, because I was telling you about it, um, that she was throwing stuff and threatening to break more stuff. And I probably should have called then. But I have this this thing where I just don't want to be part of it. And what happens if something really bad happens and you never called? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, at at that point, you know, you you come home one day and there's police tape in front of that door that you have to walk past every time you go into your own apartment and you go, damn, if I had only called Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I understand the I don't want to get involved part because you don't know how involved you're going to end up being right. Anonymous. Sure. But at the it's same a, it's time, it's a very loose term, right? At the at the same time, it probably isn't going to take a whole lot of deduction to figure out exactly the call. <laughs> There's and three possibilities, but the, but the question comes down to if you prevented something really bad from happening, does it matter if you get the stink eye from them for six months? Because ultimately, they're the ones that that did it. Right. They're the ones that were engaged in the behavior 
that led a neighbor to call the cops. You didn't do the bad thing. It's just, we're so predisposed now to mind our own fucking business that it feels like getting involved is doing the bad thing. But I mean, if she's escalating, it's only going to take one bad night and one very rash spur of the moment decision. And, and it goes horribly wrong. Yep. And the fact that, you know, you've been contemplating it over the three years, but now it's getting worse. It might be time to just pick up the phone and look, call non-emergency. Don't, don't necessarily call 911. You can call non-emergency, give them the lowdown. They'll decide whether they want to send an officer or two for a welfare check. Usually they will on a domestic like that. Yeah, they, it's pretty much a guarantee they'll send somebody. Right. So, <clears throat> and if you feel really, if you really feel like you can't get involved, if, if, if it is one of those things where it's like, I just, I can't, then make Bree do it. <laughs> and you're safe, dude. You have no culpability whatsoever. <laughs> Your conscience then is clear. <laughs> I did not get involved. <laughs> well, let me let me throw another question to you, because I mean, I, I'm sure all of us have had bad relationships. But when is the point where where you sit down and go, yeah, this really isn't working? Because I, I keep asking myself for both of them if they're so miserable why stay together misery is comfortable it's comfortable there's there's a comfort in that and there's also a psychological like they're they probably um they there's also a like uh what's the term um dependency on each other Mm -hmm. that if they can't be with them then it, it's it's that person or no one. And who knows? Hostility may be their love language. Yeah. You know, it just might be their thing. But I, I, I think that I think that in, in some of those situations where especially, and it sounds like predominantly this has been verbal for the most part over the past three years. That I'm aware of. What you can glean through the walls. Uh Um, Maybe that's the, that's the, and I know I said hostility is their love language, but maybe it's the thing that, that keeps the relationship alive, that keeps the blood pumping that, you know, how many relationships have we all been in that just fizzled out that were just, there was nothing left in them and we stuck in it probably longer than we should have. Right. And maybe that this is their thing. The problem is it sounds like they need more and more and more of it to keep it going. And, and it's not sustainable, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, uh, don't ask me when it's time to get out. Most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm the one that is, they're getting out. <laughs> so <laughs> I, yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, it just sounds like an unhealthy scenario that they either yeah. need to go to therapy for, they need, they need yep. to go see a counselor or um, <clears throat> they need to end it. Yep. I was telling my, one of my, my now ex best friend, um, which really sucks. I've told that story on this podcast before uh, her husband, I told her, I was like, you guys either go see someone or you, or you end it. Cause you do not work. You yeah. do not. If you don't go see someone like I'm done listening to your crap about it. I'm done with you because she was exhausting everybody. And I'm just it was like. If you don't divorce, go see someone. I feel like yep. it's it's one of those things. It's easier to see a toxic relationship from the outside than yeah. it is the inside. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I've talked to both of them and they're constantly making excuses like they know that they argue. But the last time it was brought up was like, he was like, you know, every couple argues. And and my first thought was like, like that, but you guys aren't arguing. That's what I hear through, you know, through the walls is not arguing. I mean, it's straight up like you want to go, let's go. So, and it's just, I can't for the life of me fathom anyone staying in a relationship like that. Excuse me for that long. And I've, I've had my share of abusive relationships as I'm sure all of us have, but it's like, there comes a point and for everyone, I I think that you go, I I can't do this anymore. And that breaking point is different for everybody, which is kind of unfortunate because like you said, they don't, sometimes they don't see it until they're at or even past their breaking point. Well, I think these guys see it. They're just refusing to acknowledge it. And and maybe it's like you said, Samantha, maybe it's because it's just, it's comfortable. And it's, you know, it's, it's what they, they've known for however long they've been together. And it's just, you and know, they now might have con- right. They might've also convinced themselves that sadly, no one else would want them. Right. That, yeah. that this is who I get in this lifetime. Yep. And, so I'm going to stick with it. Right. Yeah. I'm going to stick with it regardless because it is better than being alone. Do you know approximately how old they are? I would say late 20s, early 30s. Okay. I was like, that kind of explains a lot too, because it's like Asian maturity. And I didn't, you know, um, I was single for many years after my last really nasty relationship. And I was like, yeah, fuck this shit. Um, There's also a reason I I dated people that I wasn't supposed to. Um, So there was a natural barrier between feelings and emotions. And there was an end to it that we both knew would happen eventually. So I didn't have to get attached. Um, So yeah, age and maturity is also a big thing. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not, you can't be young and mature because you absolutely can be. And it also doesn't mean that you can't be older and totally a dumbass and immature. So, <laughs> but there's in the general broad strokes, um, there's probably a level of, of immaturity there as well. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I think it's because I'm so happy in my relationship that I see something that is so far the opposite Opposite. of what I have that it's like, why, why? I mean, you know, you only get this one life. 
Why would you waste so many years with someone who makes you feel so horrible? Because, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying either one of them is blameless because I know for her to get to that level, he's got to do something. And I kind of think he instigates it on purpose. And, and maybe like you said, Travis, maybe that's their love language, but it's at the same time, for me, it's like, it just seems like so much more work to maintain that type of relationship than one that's, you know, easy because you get each other and and you, you want to make each other happy and you just, you spend all your time laughing, you know? I mean, it's, well, also dating is effort, man. Dating is effort. When I, I, in my last relationship, I was just like, it just, the most daunting thing was doing the whole get to know each other thing again. That was, I asked, yeah, I, I, that was so Are you okay there, buddy? annoying <laughs> and scary and I didn't want to do it. So it's sometimes just easier to stay, either stay single and just shut Something off or stay, right, stay in a bad relationship where that person already knows you and you don't have to go yeah. through that rigmarole again. And I, I did not want to, which is why like my current relationship, we did break up for a little bit because I'm an emotional basket case and I shut down because I was scared of what was gonna, going on. And then you know, we reckon, you know, everything's great. And it's been all coming up on five and a half years now. So it's like, you know, that comfort, whether you're with someone toxic or alone is very powerful. So what was, what was, uh, the worst relationship you guys had like that? And what was that moment where you were like, this is, this is not good. Uh, I was <laughs> married at, uh, I got married at 20. Uh, I think that the term had not been coined yet, but I think that at the time I was a practicing hobosexual. Um, and I knew that if I got married, I had a place to stay. She was okay, whatever. Um, and she wasn't. She was crazy. Uh, the marriage lasted about seven months. And um, and I was young. I was stupid. And, and people tried to stop me. And, and no, nobody was going to talk me out of it. I was, I was walking down the aisle. I was getting married, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, she, she started to make demands that a 20-year-old are not necessarily ready to give in on and and i yeah i left i left the marriage i got divorced the whole nine yards and and how old and was she that um she was like maybe a year older than me so she was 20 yeah because her bachelorette party everybody was legal and my bachelor party they had to sneak me into the bar oh. so <laughs> yeah um so but, but yeah, I mean, I, I chalk a lot of it to youth, but, but I will also say that, you know, we were, we were absolutely not a fit. I mean, time and distance and all of that, it, we should have never been together in the first place, let alone married. Um, so yeah, that was probably the worst one. Um, my, my last marriage, I think, 
is a different thing. And I don't think it was, it was, it didn't start off bad. I just think that we grew apart so incrementally that by the time it fell apart, there was no reconciling it. I mean, it was, it was one of those situations. And, and, and I was with her, I was, I was with her for 12 years. I was married for nine. And I would say maybe the first six were great. And then life took over jobs took over. We, we, we started and, and I and and I think that if if you sat her down, she would say the same thing. This isn't we're we're great friends because we we had a daughter together, so we it, we're better friends now than we were in the last years of our marriage, um, which is honestly kind of rare in divorce cases. It it is, but I also think it it it, it speaks to the type of people that we were. I mean, we're not we aren't people that, that hold grudges. We're people, we were, we, we both have empathy and sympathy for other people. We try to, so we, there was, I mean, there was a lot of forgiveness on both parts through all of it. And, and I think that that's, you know, that's, that's the testament. And we also knew we also love our daughters so much. We we understood that if we didn't find a middle ground to, to sort of build upon, that we were going to end up imprinting that on her and, and leaving her with issues that we didn't want to leave her with. So, so that, that was it. I, I, you know, I, I wish, I wish at, at somewhere around the six or seven year mark that we were together, um, I wish we had we had the the foresight to go. We need to go talk to somebody, um, but we didn't. We instead tried to buy our happiness. We tried to throw money at it: um, bigger houses, better cars, wild vacations. You know. If, if we wanted something, we, we just went and got it. You know, it was, we were making stupid amounts of money. We were both radio professionals in Seattle and, and at the time didn't have children. So it was all disposable income. And, and, you know, we'd, we'd buy something and it would be a shiny new thing for a little while. And then it wouldn't, it wouldn't fulfill whatever it was that was missing in our relationship, no matter what we tried. And, and honestly, I think that we were that stereotypical couple that were like, well, maybe a baby will do it. And there at the end, and, and, you know, we, we, we tried and then she had a miscarriage. And I will say that that was, and that happened in 2010. And it took about two and a half more years for the marriage to fall apart. Because after the miscarriage, neither one of us spoke of it. Not to each other, not to anybody professional. We just mm-hmm. buried that shit deep. And 
the, our daughter, actually, we, we weren't officially trying and she just, she just got pregnant and, and yeah, McAllen was born. But, but by then, I mean, there were so many mitigating factors that, that this was not going to be long-term. Had we got the help earlier in the relationship, yeah, I think it, it, it could have very well been a different story. But when you stop communicating and you, you don't even remember how to communicate, it's not even for a lack of wanting. It's you don't even know the right words or how to start the conversations anymore or how to how to connect when and and you know it's it's an intimacy thing and and I don't mean that from a sexual standpoint I mean that from you know knowing somebody having that kind of intimacy with somebody and when you lose that or when it when it starts to fade it's really hard to recapture especially if you're not intentional about trying to recapture it and we weren't we ended up, like I said, trying to, to mask the pain with stuff and trips and status. And then that last few years, I will tell you, you know, we started to drink heavily. Like every weekend, we would have people over and we would just drink. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it turned unhealthy. But, I, but it wasn't, you know, I, I'm going to say it, it wasn't a good marriage at the end but i can't blame it on on her or the people right like christina which was my first ex batshit crazy should have never been with her poor life choice on my part and and she's still insanely viciously crazy today um but i i think amanda and i's case you know we just we 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 didn't catch it soon enough and and it just ended up being too late bryce what about you i know you've been with your lady since <laughs> high school but i was gonna say yeah i don't have a whole lot of i have <laughs> high school dating experience and well that still that, counts i mean not really because <laughs> uh, we're talking early high school so like, I didn't really have anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Samantha, oh. you got one you want to share? <laughs> oh, boy. Which one do I choose from? Um, <laughs> dating in the military is not fun. Uh, <laughs> so I you know, don't envy those folks that are still doing it. Um, and I hear so many stories and I'm like, yeah, no, he was probably married. And then they're like, oh, he's, like I could put money down and win so many bets on on sh shit because I've I've been through it. But anyway, okay, so let's just talk about like the the worst one. Um, we'll call him Mac. Uh, <laughs> we met uh, at the at the radio station. Um, he came in. I think his command or something wanted a commercial. I don't remember what it was, but he was uh, interested in like looking at the board and everything. So I sort of took him on a tour and uh, as I could, cause it was during my show. So when I had a music break and then we talk and he was really cute and, you know, um, and I was like, all right, cool. So 
talked a bit, ran into each other a couple more times and then started seeing each other. Uh, turns out he was previously he's he's he has been married before. Um, she had a kid that she brought into the marriage and he left her because she cheated on him and got pregnant. So that was the story that I knew. I knew that they were divorced. He had to go back to Texas to, to do the divorce, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, there's a reason if I do date someone who was previously married, I ask to see the divorce papers. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, that's just good advice. Yeah, exactly. If someone tells you, don't trust up front. If someone tells you, oh, yeah, I'm divorced. Show me the divorce papers. I want to see them. Um, they're framed over my mantle yeah right. <laughs> sometimes it feels like you should do that but okay so when your ex Mac, is batshit crazy oh they're all fucking crazy <laughs> so, so mac and i start seeing each other it's getting serious and you know um <sighs> there was There's a whole section that I'm not going to get into right now because it mm, deals with some really heavy shit. But outside of that, like everything looked great, uh, you know, cool. And then all of a sudden, one day I get an email from his wife because he was not divorced. <laughs> and both oh. of those children are his. Ooh. So not only did he tell me he was divorced? He'd like denied that those children were his. So, you know, what a type of father that is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> I get this. Please email tell me she her. filed for divorce after this. I don't know what happened after. Um, I believe she did leave him. That is, was sort of the last sort of through the grapevine thing I heard. So I hope she did. And I hope she's happy doing great. But uh, anyway, so he, <laughs> he's, he's not, divorced he is very much married um and she went home on like a baby moon to see her family before she gives birth in station in korea where we were so she was gone home for a while so we kind of had free reign you know whatever he has met all of my crew he and my friends um he's you know he's hanging out with like my my people all my radio buddies and some of my best friends that i'm still friends with today and it's just you know, so he, we've integrated this guy into our, our friend group. They still have my back though, which is really funny. Cause uh, it was before we had started having sex. Uh, we went to this, like a really romantic place and I didn't give it up that night. And he made it, it was before I got, because we were having a barbecue. He made a joke about, Oh yeah. I can't even get laid at going to taking a girl here. Ha ha. And my friends were just like, are you sure you want to say that to us? <laughs> like it was yeah. it was pretty awesome uh so i have great friends um anyway <laughs> so i get an email from her from her asking like what kind of a person am i to be screwing around with someone's husband i am pregnant i have lost weight because i'm so stressed out about this i don't know how she found out about me i i have no idea i don't know how this happened i responded holy shit i had no idea that he was married he told me he was divorced. He told me the children are not his and that you did this. And then the craziest part that still blows my mind to this day, she emails back, oh, well, I know how manipulative he can be. So she was apologetic for him to me. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, how fucking abusive and manipulative is this guy? Yep. So I 
go right at him. Like you are married, (laughs) sir. (laughs) So I tell my command, I keep all emails, all correspondence. I printed everything out because the military has a zero tolerance policy for um, adultery. And I was like, here's the shit. This is everything that happened. And my command has my back. I was so lucky because there are some commands that really don't have people's backs. I was lucky throughout my entire military career. I worked for some pretty good people. Um, So I, I just got lucky in that sense, but I was like, my command was like, here's everything that happened, you know, open book, ask me anything. And I had to answer some very personal details. Like I had to, I had to account for, and lay out in detail all of our sexual encounters, which was really tough. That was, that was not fun. So, um, they, how we had to establish pattern, blah, 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 all this other shit. So, uh, (laughs) he has a, and then he, he tries to, Okay. So then they put in place some, sorry, I'm a little all over the place. Cause I'm trying to like, there are parts that I have to skip over that I'm not going to talk about, but like, just get the more juicy, like, I guess, fun quote unquote Story. parts. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so we, um, he had a no contact order placed. He cannot contact me, cannot email me, cannot talk to me. Nothing. Like you see me in public, you fucking look away. So, um, he created two email accounts and was trying to email me from them saying that they are his friends and that he wants to meet up at X place. I printed those out and I gave them to my, to my commander said, Hey, this dude's got his friends talking to me. breaking the order. So Mm -hmm. his command gets involved. I mean, has been involved. So, and his command was really great too. So his chain of command gets involved as gets re-involved after they're trying to contact me again. They have no clue who these people are. They're not in the database. So proof that he has made them up and he is emailing me from different emails. So then he calls the radio station wanting to talk to my chain of command. And I was like, you know, like, I know your fucking voice, you dumbass. So I called in my, I was like, idiot like I have music playing like I'm doing my job man like so it that was all fucked up and then um he proceeded to stalk me everywhere I'd be he would be there because I mean you can't stop that um it got to the point where I'd have panic attacks when I'd see him um and then and then he went up to one of my high chain of commands, like our second in charge, went up to him at the Navy store, like at the store, and uh, was like, I wanted to talk to him about the scenario. And like, so my command, my, my commander, he was like, no, nope, I trust my sailor. I know my sailor and I will believe her over anything Get you ever out. tell me. Yes. And that was wonderful. I was so happy about it. He came dude. to me like almost laughing, like, dude, it's dark. <laughs> can like, you believe this? Fucking can you believe idiot? this? Dipshit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Oh. So, um, yep. And then what really sucked was when it comes to, you know, the military people phase in and phase out. So all of my friends, like my really close friends that were with me through the whole scenario, all transferred away in the same week. So I was left with people who really didn't know the scenario and I was transferring another month or two later, but it was still like my support system. Yeah. My support system gone in a week. 
So that was really rough. That sucked. And one of my friends, my, my bestest, bestest buddy in the world, she has good friends with a cop. He looked into his record because I wanted to know. I want to know some shit. And she messaged me back. She goes, the only thing she said was, don't look into it. Don't do it. You're uh-huh. not going to like what you find. Don't do it. So I got very lucky in a lot of scenarios, apparently. Um, well, yeah, I would say number yeah. one is having the command structure. Could you, could you imagine dealing with that sort of thing outside the military? Yeah, people do it all like, the time. It's trying scary. to get cops involved and stuff like that. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like, I remember um, New Year's. No, it was the Valentine's Day. Shoot, I don't remember. But it was, uh, I think, New Year's. And we went out to some bars. This dude, he's not a bar guy. And he was at every fucking bar that we were at. And I'm like, I am so over this. He was standing behind us. We were at the bar. At one point, we were up at the bar. He's standing behind us. And he drops his phone. And my friend kicks it across the dance floor. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking hilarious. And then she was really drunk and because I can't talk to him. Like there's no contact. Didn't look at him. I was like, okay, I'm done. And but I did end up going home early because I was like, I I can't deal with this shit yeah. anymore. So, but yeah, and you know, the panic attacks and everything. So that's no fun. Fuck. So that was that did was anything that official one. happen to him? Did he yeah, was he, he discharged or not discharged, but he did lose rank. There's actually um, a thing for stolen valor, I believe, because he uh, uh, one, he didn't work in the department. He told me he did. Oh. Um, he did not have the badges, badges and, and ribbons and anything of honor that he said he did. So that's it. They also found forgeries and stuff like that. So lots of he was getting, getting in trouble for a lot of other shit. So it would not surprise me if he was kicked out, but I was just, our situation was just um, icing on the cake. Yeah. And that's what, that was the catalyst to look further into his records and everything. Um, I was going to ask, was that type of shit. like, was he under investigation before or I think this yeah. thing started? I think that started it is my understanding of the timeline. Because the commands knew about it and they kind of kept me separate from a few things. Oh, and then another thing is like we I had to sit down with my command, him and his wife. Oh, fun. So that was fun. And then he pretty much had to acknowledge that there was a relationship and, you know, um, all that. So I I hope she's doing well. um, And I hope he's. I don't know, in a ditch somewhere. I don't know. I just, I don't give a shit what happened to him, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So that was, did you, that was fun. Did you ever find out what was in this police record or did you just leave it? Um, I tried to look up a few things before, but it's all those like websites where you have to pay for the information and I just don't know how to get it. Um, and then Ryan and I have talked about it and we've sort of decided together that it's probably just best for me just to drop it and leave it alone. Well, yeah, it's in the past, but, but if I ever found out, like, I'm like, I'm still curious, but I don't actively pursue. Like it was one of those, like, if I happen to find out, it'll be like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. But it's not like I need to know. Cause I felt really responsible for like, people need to know about this so I can protect other people that he's going to, you know, mm-hmm. get, with later down the line. So that was really hard to come to terms with was that there's nothing I can do for anyone else that comes after me. (laughs) 
So that was James, the worst one. Top that. <laughs> there's there's no way I'm topping that. But uh, I I will give you uh, my worst one because uh, it it affected it affected me years afterwards. Mm. Um. So uh, I was uh, a senior in high school. And I met this girl who lived in Portland. I was living in Newport at the time. And we started dating. We dated for two years. I, my uh, stepfather and and I moved up here uh, halfway through my senior year. Uh, Not just so I could be closer to her, but there was, there was a bunch of reasons, but, uh, and we had a great relationship that turned in one week. It just, fell apart in one week but that wasn't the toxic relationship it set me up for the toxic one so about a year goes by and um i met some people through other friends and became friends with them so i'm hanging out with my uh who would become uh one of my closest friends of all time uh and we're driving around and we uh we see these girls going to a mcdonald's so we decide to go in and and talk to them um and then uh somehow uh i managed to make a date with one of them um and we took him home that we we had to go pick up a buddy but we came back uh and got the girls and we drove around for a little bit um the first month of this relationship was fantastic um it was everything like you you hope a relationship would be it's just fucking food and sex all the time um but i don't know i i really can't pinpoint where it turned but she just like a switch just turned off and i was all in i was trying to you know make things work and 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 stuff well Turns out what what happened was I was because she was kind of halfway living with me uh, at my stepdad's place and I was going to work during the day and she was staying at the house, hanging out with my best friend at the time. Can you guys see where this is going or bum, bum, bum. so? um my dad went on vacation, came back, and for some reason was really pissed off at me. So he kicked everyone out of the house except for me. And so I had to take her home. And when I drop her off at her house, she tells me that she wants to break up. Out of the blue, didn't see it coming. Probably should have, but I didn't. Um, and I was still dealing with with a lot of um, issues from my last relationship. So... I hadn't felt this bad since before uh, my senior year. And I contemplated for not the first time, just ending things. I was in a really bad place at the time anyway, but this just kind of pile onto it. Um, over the course of the next two days, I started hearing stories about stuff that had been going on while I was working. So I called up my best friend and just asked him point blank. Were you fucking around with, with this girl while I was dating her? And he just, yeah. 
So I was like, okay, have a nice life. Uh, about two months later, she calls me out of the blue and wants to get back together. And I very stupidly decided to go meet her and hear what she had to say and kind of bought her shit for about a day. And then all this other shit from my last relationship just kind of bubbled up. So like I, cause she was like, I found out during the course of that, from the time I talked to her to the next day, I found out that there was another guy she had thanks to, uh, the guy who would become uh, my best friend, uh, he he just said, look, I know it's none of my business and everything, um, but she's kind of, you know, seeing someone else. Plus, she's kind of, you know, she came over here and kind of put the moves on me, and I just feel like I should give you the heads up. I was like, thanks for being a pal, because <laughs> the other guy didn't do that. Uh, so I basically confronted her and said, you know, what's the deal here? And, and she was like, you know, I, she didn't really have an answer. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. Just don't call me. Don't like, we're done completely. Um, a month after that, my former best friend showed up out of the blue and wanted to apologize and make amends. And I was just like, dude. I can't trust you. There's no trust here anymore. And he was like, oh, I was in a bad place and I didn't care. I was like, obviously, but, you know, now you have to reap the, you know, what you sow. And you and I were done. Um, so, yeah, like I, it put me in a really bad place. Now, uh, years later, uh uh, the guy reached out to me on Facebook and we sort of became friends. And I was like, you know what? It's all water under the bridge. He's got his own life. I got mine. So, um, you know, I, at least I've grown as a person and he's a, he's a musician and um, he posted up a photo of himself that looked like it was from a nineties album cover. And I made the joke, Hey, that looks like a nineties album cover. And he took it to mean I was poking fun at, at what he'd done and just went off on me. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I let all that shit go. You're clearly still hanging on to it. So, and he didn't like that and unfriended me and I haven't talked to him since. <clears throat> I had a really similar experience actually in high school. Uh, mine turned out different though, as far as the, the best friend thing. So, <clears throat> The story starts in middle school. Um, I end up moving out to live with my aunt and uncle at the age of 14 to Malala. And um, yeah, tiny Sam, do you know, you know, the area here, do you? Uh, It's been quite a while. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah. Malala is a tiny little logging town, or at least that's, that's what it used to be. Uh, It's known every year for the Malala rodeo called the Buckaroo. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, it's, you know, it's a, it has a high school that like all these different rural areas sort of feed into. 
Well, I start, I don't go to the high school yet. I start in this like one building K through eight school called Rural Bell. And I'm in eighth grade and I'm coming in here. And, and if, if the timing is right, this is 1984 when I'm introduced to Rural Dell. Happened to also be about the same time that Footloose came out. So I thought I was going to have to teach these fuckers how to dance. (laughs) God damn it. So I show up and I'm an outsider because I'm from Portland. I I don't know anything about big city slicker. Yeah. And there's another transfer who's even more big city because he's from fucking steamy Valley, California. And that's Eddie. And we end up thick as fucking thieves because we were the outsiders. We were the big city guys. So we immediately bond eighth grade. We go to high school. I mean, we're besties. And uh, my sophomore year, I got involved in the theater department um, and kind of sort of that's where I made my name in high school was was theater that was my thing right and eddie kind of dabbled in it but he was like part sports part theater part stoner he kind of yeah anyhow i ended up um going out with um at the time one of the more powerful um girls in the theater department the drama club whatever And we were together for about a year and a half. And so much so that over the summer between sophomore year and junior year, we end up, Eddie, Julie was her name, and, and, and I and our theater instructor end up going to the International Thespian Festival in Muncie, Indiana at Ball State University, uh, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, we come back and we go through our junior year and Julie and I aren't getting along as well. And she seems distant and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I find out that Julie and Eddie had been hooking up while we were together. And it was like, oh, fuck you both. Not only was I done with both of them, I left high school and went to college a year early. It was like, I'm not even coming back for this senior year bullshit by and I left and they ended up finishing and graduating together and they were together for about two and a half years so the year of high school and another year and a half after and there was a point where they were engaged or so I kept hearing and then out of the blue I heard nothing and through the grapevine I heard that Eddie was single and none of it happened and and I'm like well that's interesting And he reaches out to me at some point for that same sort of summit thing, right? It's like out of the blue, I want to come bury the hatchet, buddy. I (laughs) on type thing. (laughs) And and I'm like, all right, talk. Tell tell me what you have to say. Blah 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 blah. And I went and and I said, but first, I need to know what the fuck happened. You were engaged, and then now you're not. And it's like, well, she cheated on me, dude. I went, really? (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Who could have seen that coming? She cheated on you, huh? So it was was kind of, we we were distant for about a year. But over time, 
I was like, yeah, you know, there were ground rules. It was like, dude, you are never alone with anybody I'm dating. Period. That's never going to happen ever again. Blah, blah. It's just so stop. And then over time, it just, it just fell away. I mean, obviously, Eddie was more important to me than Julie ever was. And to this day, I mean, Jesus, I was texting with him yesterday morning. Um, he, we have been still that kind of best friend since eighth grade. So it was one of those where I think I had more invested with him probably before the cheating trust thing and was able to sort of rebuild and reconnect on it. And that was, you know, that was my thing with, with, uh, with Kenny. Um, when we reconnected on Facebook, because like I said, I was, I had grown so much and, and, and we're talking, there was like 15, 20 years. Right. So, um, so when we reconnected on Facebook, I had no interest in, in drudging up the past or anything. I was totally interested in what he was doing. I know he was playing live shows and stuff and I was planning to go out and, and again, here's, here's one of the things too. When, when you text something, someone reads it and they can't hear your tone, you know, they put their own tone in and also he was clearly carrying, still carrying guilt over it. Right. You know, whereas I was like, I don't, I don't care. It happened. We're completely different people. And, and for myself, I kind of, I, I'm kind of sad uh, about that because I would have loved to sit down with him and, you know, find out how his life is going, you know, see, you know, hear his journey from that point on, you know, um, and it, you know, it, it hurt me worse that I lost him in, in the bargain, yep. you know, because he and I had been friends for about two, two and a half years at that point, you know? And, um, so yeah, I mean, I was, I was more broken up about losing my, my friend in the deal than I was her. Um, there, there was a betrayal there that, you know, was I actually, I, I felt it was worse than my previous breakup with a girl who I'd been with for like two years, you know? And, and it was like, I, I couldn't understand how you could do that to someone who you, you called a friend. I just, I didn't understand that. I, I, I still can't understand something like that. So so I, I'm going to throw a new one on the table because it's <clears throat> it's kind of a different, you know, it's still sort of relationship driven. But what about the ones that got away? The ones <laughs> where it's so the, funny. I was going to ask the, the same question, Travis, where the, where the timing didn't ever work. And you got you, you, you and the other one were always in a relationship at the wrong time when somebody was single and and sort of. To this day, you still have a special spot for a person or maybe even a couple that, you know, have, have gotten away. Do you guys have those? And I'm going to yeah. start with Bryce because, Bryce, you've been married the longest. 
No, I don't really. I don't no? really have the one that got away. No. I've, have I've you, let it, because, I've let all because when Bryce gets them in go. their sights, they never get away. <laughs> was, was there was there ever that person though? And and you don't have to name names and you don't have to be, but be, because you didn't do anything, right? There was no there it never progressed, but somewhere it was like, damn it, I have a connection with this person. And I've got to ignore it. I've got, it's just, and I've got to let this person go. And, you know, in different time, different circumstances, you know, different multiverse, maybe. <laughs> but, but that one. Not another what if. Got to go. No, not really. Wow. I mean, I, I, I've kind of let those go pretty quickly. It's like, well, that, that is what it is, whatever. Sam. So I can't <laughs> the rock. <laughs> I'm sorry. The rock. <laughs> yeah, I know when he and I were hanging out, man, <laughs> there was sparks. I was going to say a um, uh, hot black guy. Oh no, that's a, that's a dodged bullet. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is a dot. I should have had sex with him when I had the chance, but other than that relationship wise dodged bullet. Um, <laughs> so Got Neo over here, dodging bullets. <laughs> I can't say that. I mean, they could go under the category of like once it got away, but it it doesn't hurt me that they got, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay because I'm exceedingly happy with what I have now, but it's just like, it's one of those, like, we probably would have had a good relationship. Who knows how it would have turned out? It's one of those, I can't say, well, that, that would have been bad. Um, But if it did go forward, we probably would have had a good relationship. So I do have a friend that I was in the military with. We'd been at two, we'd been at a a couple uh, at a command together and then kept in touch. And um, we still, I haven't heard from him in a while, but like every month or so, we'll just say hi and just, you know, check in. How's everything going? Um, We've both had multiple relationships and we just kind of always missed each other or he's living overseas still and I'm in a different state or whatever. So geographically and relationship wise, we just never hit that right timing. And um, when I'm hooking up with Ryan, he was always like, so is it serious? (laughs) Every now and then I'll get a message. That's just like, are you still, are are you single yet? (laughs) She's getting the booty call text. He's like, are you single? No, he like, if, if I messaged him was like, Hey, I'm single. He'd be like, all right, we're in a relationship right now. Like, and he's, he's adorable. I really like, he's a great, he is a great guy, but it's just like, no, I'm not single, (laughs) but he still asks me. Um, like I said, we haven't talked in a while. A lot of the Corona stuff, just, he was living in a place where it like was really bad. And I just kind of communication kind of fell off and I'm hoping he's okay. Um, I'm hoping his family's okay, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> get the, every now and then just a message. Are you, are you single yet? Or are you still with that guy? <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. Come on. Um, and then another dude that I served with, we were always friends. He's an awesome dude. And, uh, he messages me on Facebook and we were just talking, just normal conversation, catching up. How you doing? It's been a while, you know, whatever. Um, and the conversation starts taking a turn and I know exactly what kind of turn it takes. I like these <laughs> kinds of conversations. It's very much like, you know, a thing for me. So, but I am in a happy relationship. So I, and I was like, dude, why didn't you tell me then 
that you were attracted to me because feeling was mutual. We could have had some fun a long time ago. (laughs) And he was like, oh, man. And I'm like, but I have to stop this conversation. And I showed Brian the messages. I was like, I have to stop this conversation because I am in a happy, healthy relationship. And then he's like, well, if you're ever single, come up and see me. And I said, you got a deal. (laughs) But I would say the closest one to the one that got away. Mm. Yeah, very much like love of my life feelings, like like just if a whole nother universe, this would probably have been it because um, I never would have met this one. <laughs> uh, I, I very much attached to, to my current. But um, yeah, he we were stationed together. We knew of each other in school. Um, school is in like military school where we learn to do the job that we signed on to do um and then we're at we're stationed together and he was married he was a geo bachelor so his wife was back overseas or was back in the states while we were overseas and um yeah so if there was anyone i saw him one time years later and just the heart so we really had to stay away from each other and that yeah james uh So I've got two that came right to the top of my mind. Um, And one of them, uh, the first one I will actually do second because it's even now thinking about it, like it was, it was rough. Um, So I'll do the, the second one. Uh, when I was a junior in high school, there was a, a senior girl who was dating one of my friends. I actually um, hooked them up together. Um, there was a moment like I was the matchmaker. Like I was like, hey, you should date her and you should date her. And and all these couples formed around me. And I was very alone because all my friends were paired up. <laughs> um, but I was happy for everyone. Well. Uh, their relationship kind of fizzled out mostly because he was kind of a dick. Uh, and I got on him for it. It's like, dude, you had a great girl and you, you, why did you screw it up? That was dumb. Well, I found out later part of the reason that it fizzled was because she had gotten to know me and she kind of started having a thing for me. Um, I was in a really bad headspace at the time and uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was just like, I was kind of pushing people away. Um, and she was one of those people. Um, unfortunately, when I started getting my head back together and, and figuring stuff out for myself, she was dating someone else. Um, so, uh, and then she graduated and, and went on and I never got to tell her that, you know, I reciprocated the feelings or anything like that. Um, and I, I took full blame for that. Cause it was just, I, my head was in such a weird place and I just didn't know how to, you know, when you're 16, 17, you just don't know how to communicate that well. Um, so yeah, that was that really sucked because even now when I still see her, there's that, 
oh, what could have been. Um, but the the first one, I was a freshman in high school, and um, one day I'm I'm leaving class at the end of the day, and this girl uh, walks up to me out of the blue, and just starts talking to me like we're best friends. Um. <laughs> And apparently I found out later she had seen me uh, a bunch and just thought it was really cute. Uh, and the fact that she was a junior and I was a freshman didn't bother her at all. It's kind of how my wife and I met. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we became friends really fast and, and we, we went on a, a, a couple of dates and, and um, well, we didn't call them dates, but um, it's high school. Yeah. It's a high school date. Um, yeah. Um, but I was I was really getting into her and I was like, you know what? I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her out. Well, the weekend I decided to do that was her birthday weekend. And apparently, um her parents gave her a car and she decided to take a drive in her new car, but before she did that, she got a little high. And the car went under a semi. Yeah. Oh. And I got called uh, the next day by one of her friends to let me know. And I was devastated. So um, I didn't go to school. Jesus to- Christ. And I, I wasn't even allowed to go to the funeral. My, my mother wouldn't let me go. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, every now that is and again, not where I thought that story was going. Just sorry, so man, but know. yeah, yeah, I had Jesus. That was the first girl like I had like real, like deep feelings for, and at fourteen, um, and my mom wasn't really like psyched about me going out with a sixteen-year-old girl uh, at fourteen. And, um, but I, to my mom's credit, when she found out what had happened, she felt horrible. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I still, I, I think about Heather fairly often and, and what could have been had she not gotten stoned in, in that car, by the way, the car, uh, her father had found, and fixed up a 69 Mustang. Jesus. So now I know why it went under the uh, semi. <laughs> yep. Well, it didn't go all the way under. Um, yeah, that was, that was uh gut wrenching. I actually uh, very recently found a picture of her uh, and that caught me off guard. So But uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I did not well. mean to bring this show down. <laughs> yeah, dude. I yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, I've got a couple. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, it was it, honestly though. It's it, it's what a way to like, because that was like the first person close to me who had died. 
So like I hadn't like I hadn't lost any relatives or anything like that. Or, or that was the first person I was close to who I, I knew well and was just like, I'm not going to see him at school tomorrow. I'm, you know, they're, they're gone. Oh. And it's not like, it's not like they moved away gone where I could write them or, you know, we might see each other in the future. They're gone. And that was really rough. So. Travis, you got one. <laughs> <laughs> not that's gonna come after that one yeah no i nah. no none um, of them ever got away n- yeah yeah no i use trank darts they don't get <laughs> um no i okay in the sake of sort of just kind of like emotionally cleansing the palate here <laughs> um I, I i would say that there have been three that I think about, but really of the three, like one of them is Sam, when you said that whole, the heart thing, the, uh, uh, I thought you were going to say one of them was Sam. (laughs) No, I'm everyone's right. Are you single yet? It's almost six. Um, so, so, uh, and, 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 and it was, it really was that timing thing. Um, and it was somebody that, that I met at work and I worked with very closely. Um, I was, uh, I was the program director of the radio station and she was the promotions and marketing director. And so we were constantly working together. Um, and, and, and it, and there was just there was chemistry there the, the, and it, and and it was nothing that she and I ever spoke of, but I could tell she 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 felt it too. I mean there was there was no doubt in my mind, and I it was sort of accidentally brought. It was it was proven true, or at least something was proven true um, later. So. I had just been, I was, I was, wait, three years married at this, no, four years married at this point. And she was engaged. I mean, she was getting married like that year. She'd been with Ben, her husband, for her soon to be husband for like three years. Awesome guy. Just a, just a stand up dude. And, and they ended up moving for his job. They moved to like St. Louis or something. Um, And she came back. They both came back for a baby shower. They, they, she ended up being pregnant with twins and through this huge baby shower and invited me and my wife at the time. We were like, and, and my wife knew her, I mean, but we were all work acquaintances. It was, there was nothing and there and nothing ever happened. Nothing was going on. It was just that chemistry that. And so we show up at the at her parents' house, who's throwing the, the baby, the shower. And her mom welcomes us in. And and she's there and she's like, oh, mom, this is Manda and Travis. And her mom goes, is it that Travis? 
<laughs> and she turns beet red. And we just, I just move along. It's like, we're just moving on. There's <laughs> nothing to see here, folks. There's nothing. Ooh, booze. That's where it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and to this day, I, we've never spoken openly about it. We've never, we went on and, and had our lives. I mean, she has, she had her twins, one of which has uh, multiple sclerosis. And it has changed her life tremendously because she has to put so much energy into him. He's wheelchair bound, but the, the, the kid is just, he's, he's amazing. And, and they've moved kind of around the country for his job. And I think they're in Charlotte now, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, every now and then she'll pop up on Facebook, basically talking about, the work she's doing for her son and to, you know, to support any sort of multiple sclerosis cause or anything like that. But, but that, that was that one that I think that in a multiverse, there is, there, there is a, a plot line where we are together. I I have no doubt in my mind, either that, or we met in a previous incarnation and there was something residual left. Yep. whatever you believe yeah like the the married guy like the the truest one that got away from me you know um when you go into the military a lot of people they get married out of fear or out of pressure or they're rushing they're like well let's just lock this down now you know and it's it's and deal with premature. it later yeah pretty <laughs> much and this is very it out later. so like they got married and pregnant right before he, you know, boot camp. So there's a lot of pressure to do that, um, in your current relationship, because there's a lot of fear. I mean, you know, uh, so yeah. In another timeline, he never would have gotten married yep. and there would have been a, yeah, we talked about like what countries we would like, there, there was one country we went to and we just had so much fun there. And we we're like, you know what? if we ever run away from our lives, like this is where we're meeting, you nice. know, we're going to meet here in this country and this, and I know exactly where I am. I'm just like, so, Oh yeah. Yep. The ones that got away. <laughs> and with that sad note, I think we should wrap <laughs> what this a up. Bummer episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks James. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, well, you know, it's, it's good to kind of, <clears throat> exercise that hug those you love right yes. absolutely <laughs> and and call the cops on your neighbors who are too loud <laughs> yes especially when one of them back. is throwing things call the cops <laughs> yes yeah. Ooh, name of the episode call the cops <laughs> yeah or military police you know whatever whatever scenario you you're in <laughs> yep. yeah well i i very much appreciate the the one that I have now, he's pretty awesome. So I think I'll keep him. I cannot imagine where I would be without my wife. She is 100% my sole reason for being. And she laughs at all my jokes. So you can't beat that. <laughs> uh, next week, hopefully Danny and Jim will be rejoining us. And we will, we will once again play Pitch Slapped. You guys got to yeah. get your movie titles into me. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So until then, <laughs> hope you have a fine week. Hugs the hug hugs the ones you loves. Yes. 
I suddenly Shows. turned into Squirrely Dan Tons there. The precious. <laughs> and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Not Another Podcast. There are so many places for you to find us outside of www.notanotherpodcast.com. For instance, you can find us on Facebook at Not Another Podcast. You can also find us on Tumblr at www.notanotherpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also find me, Samantha Stark, on Twitter at Samantha Stark 3 And you can find James on Twitter as well under James Spooky, spelled with an I-E, not a Y. And you wanted it, you asked for it, you got it. You can also find us now on iTunes under, you guessed it, Not Another Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Not Another Podcasters.